I recently received an email from a mom asking for advice, and this is what she wrote. My challenge is getting my 16-year-old off any screen. She goes from her Chromebook, where she binge-watches Netflix, to her phone. It's constant. Now she wants a computer in her room, which is against the rules. Recently, I've said okay, only if the door is open. It's created a lot of stress in the house that I want and need harmony in. She feels no sense of freedom and is very upset about rules. So what should I do? Hi, I'm Delaney Rustin, physician and filmmaker and your host for the Screenagers podcast, where we explore the many screen time issues our kids and teens are facing today and how we can best parent around all of this. It's super challenging, and in my two Screenagers movies, you see me struggling a lot and learning ways to do things more effectively. And I'm still learning. In today's episode, we'll explore issues around screen time boundaries, like what the mom expressed in her email, how to make limits happen, and how to decrease arguing. Since COVID-19, I know that many families are just struggling to get by day to day when it comes to screen time. So just thinking about the idea of boundaries and rules can be overwhelming. But even so, I really think you're going to find some things in this show that are really applicable. It's so much about how we communicate with our kids to bring out the best in them. And one quick note, my past episodes were intentionally created for parents to listen to with their kids. This one's a little more for parents, but I won't be surprised if some of you decide to share parts of this or all of it with your kids. It can really help, particularly with teens, to open up a dialogue about how communication is going between you. So let's get started. When I've had struggles parenting around screen time, one of the key people I've turned to is our guest today. Dr. Tammy fisher Husan has a PhD in counselor education and is an amazing parent coach, as well as many other things. I'm talking with Tammy today about an approach to parenting that actually really works well around screen time issues for kids and teens. I'm an advanced trainer in a system of relationship called the Nurtured Heart Approach. I have written three books on the approach. We'll be talking about the Nurtured Heart Approach and rules and limit setting. I know nurtured heart approach sounds a little new agey, but it's not, it's really effective. So what is it? So the nurtured heart approach is originally created by a therapist, Howard Glasser, uh, created actually to work with really intense kids, finding out that the energetic relationship was sort of backwards with those kids that we would get ourselves all wound up and all fired up when things were going wrong. And then they were really quiet when things were going well. And so he switched it up and began to recognize over the years that actually if we are loud and boisterous when things are going right and kids are making good choices or adults or anybody in our life, and we are very neutral or quiet when things are going wrong, then we actually get far more positive results. Kids feel better about themselves. Adults feel better about themselves when we spend time calling out what's going right. Tammy explains that there's three parts to the nurtured heart approach. She calls them the three legs of a stool. 
The first leg is called absolute clarity, being clear in your own head of why you have certain limits. This is why I'm having this rule, and this is the reason behind it. This isn't absolute clarity in terms of parents just decide all the rules. You know my work that it's all about how do we best engage our kids and teens to work with us and to create some screen-free times and decisions about screen time choices. Tammy gives an example of a parent expressing their clarity, let's say on why limiting video games to a maximum of two hours at a time is what a rule is. You, when you finally get off that screen, you're really snippy and, and it's uncomfortable to be around you. You're quick to anger. I mean, these are common factors we see when kids are, are overusing time on screens that this is some of the, the emotional fallout. Absolute clarity also has to do with having in place clarity on consequences. And the goal are really small consequences. Ultimately, the whole goal is to get back in the game to get back in the game of, of, of all the privileges of life. So your absolute clarity are short, quick, meaningful consequences that move beyond that. The next leg of the stool is called absolute no. Having no intense energy towards behaviors uh, that we don't want, rules that are broken, it's not at all about you as a parent saying a big old no to your kids. That was always confusing to me when I first learned this. You're saying no to yourself. When a rule is broken, I'm not going to start getting angry. I'm not going to do lectures. We're not getting fired up when things are going wrong. And it's not about dismissing or ignoring negative behaviors, but how do you address those behaviors? I'm not going to give attention or energy to broken rules. I'm not going to take it personally. He absolutely knows about staying calm. It's all about being a human person in the moment and just staying calm. Kind of superhuman, really. Yeah. Because my technique was luckily this in the past stab and grab to stab them with my eyes and grab whatever device they had in their hands which was not really leading us in the right direction the third leg of the stool is called absolute yes saying to yourself i absolutely will put energy to the things going right i will actively point out the positive choices and activities my kids are doing it's where your lens is going all the time. What could I be calling out that's going right? A common example is, for those of us with children of more than one, when our kids are fighting a lot, or even as teenagers when they're fighting, we tend to get all fired up. You know, stop arguing, do that what you need to be doing. And yet when they're quietly working together, you know, we're quiet. Rather than be quiet, Tammy suggests saying something like, I really appreciate how you guys are working so well together in this moment. And... Here's what it says about you, that you're being really respectful as a family. You're following kind of our family rules. You're being kind to each other and demonstrating empathy. It's not about saying, oh, everyone gets a trophy. You're amazing. <laughs> uh, you're the smartest kid in the world. It's not that. Nobody, nobody gets a trophy. You're naming specific positive things they're doing. How can I hold up the mirror and point out the strengths of that individual in that moment? Once I learned this from Tammy, I started to point out the positives more with my teens. So for example, when Tessa was consistently over a few days putting her phone in the charging station without my having to remind her, I'd say, hey, it's been great that you've been just putting your phone on time in the right place. And you know, it just shows how responsible you are and that you're taking good care of your sleep. 
Let's get back to the mom in the email and her frustration that things aren't going well around rules. The question I have is, has she had calm conversations with her daughter about why she wants the devices to be out of her room while on screens, which is a reasonable rule? Being open and transparent about why she believes certain limits is good is the absolute clarity part of all this. Of course, involving her daughter in deciding rules and having her daughter have some say in things, compromising, maybe things will be different on the weekend versus a weekday is really important as well. What are Tammy's thoughts about this mom and the situation? We're all doing the very best we can all the time. And I think that's the something we need to remember. So is that 16 and a half year old girl. That said, families get to have rules. And part of the, what happens is that We don't like it when our kids are uncomfortable, right? Mm -hmm. You just have to just be breathing deep into your own calm clarity about your rules and know that you are there because you are trying to support the development of your daughter's social emotional well-being. And you just have to be firm in that even when she's being very, very appropriately difficult. So if the mom is keeping that rule, it's just so important and tricky to be able to self-regulate as the mom, the parent, to, to handle when our kids and teens get upset. I know I have to do a lot of work on this because it's so hard for me when over the years my kids have been upset about certain rules. One of the biggest battles that parents come to me about is the fact that I negotiate the screen time and then the kids are always begging for more and more and more. Mm-hmm. And that battle is really a hard one, right? Yeah. You just are not going to engage in that battle. You're just like, you just aren't. And that's what happens. We get sucked into that, you know, ping pong match. And, um, oh, please, mom, just a few more minutes. No, I said, no, please, please, five more minutes. Just five more, you know, it's like, just your no is no. Exactly. And the amazing thing is it it works, but it's so painful when they're doing it. It's almost like, I can't even bear to try to get through another day or two of this. But it really does decrease when we don't give it energy. Exactly. If we don't give it energy and if we don't give in in that moment, like those kind of rules can be changed after the fact. You're like, you know, so we sit down and we go, well, that didn't work out so well. I wonder what we can do moving forward. But in the Mm -hmm. moment, if we give in to that, you know, whining, complaining child, the begging, the bargaining and everything else, we're basically confirming that our child can't handle the boundary. Absolute clarity is about telling your kid, of course, they can handle any rule. They can handle life's boundaries. Mine just happened to really want to ask for that extra screen time when they knew I was on a call for work. Like, huh, (laughs) I bet that's a common scenario. And I and I I really did not give in to that one because I saw that one that they wanted it as they they were being savvy and smart and they really wanted it. I get it. But, you know, we'd have to have talks about that was not really respectful. And how do we ask, you know, make sure to negotiate this before those work calls. Yeah. And I love it too, because you're, ta- you're, you're connecting it right to values. The value of not interrupting someone who is talking with others. It's a good value, but right now with COVID, boy, we have to give ourselves a lot of slack for all the interruptions and all the issues that are coming up now. <sighs> boy. So back to the mom in the email, Tammy and I talk about the absolute yes, putting energy towards her daughter's strengths. She is completely developmentally appropriate in in pushing that boundary. What does it say about a child who argues about a boundary? 
Yeah, that's great. It's not going to be just a quiet rule follower and a, a, yeah. you know, a, a perfect sheep. We don't want that. We want no. people to be them to be thinking about what they need and want. Yeah, strong negotiators, be considering the options, questioning things clearly, trying to understand at a deeper level. These are qualities of great learners and great leaders. So you want to celebrate the fact that they're having that conversation, but also that ultimately in your house, these are the family rules. I was just talking to a parent, actually. She was trying to figure out how to get her child to be more engaged in the family off the screens. So like they were compliant in the rules and the screens would go away at eight o'clock at night and they would try to have these family things and the child would resentfully come to the, to the table to do some sort of, you know, activity, but he's never fully engaged. So that's to me where you get the absolute yes. You're going to say, I think it's just amazing that even though this isn't your first choice of how you'd want to spend your time, you're coming here anyway, you're showing up, you're giving it a try, you're participating and listening. And these are things that kids don't hear enough of. I think what is so interesting is that often parents will give in and then they start to harbor this resentment, this frustration, and they don't recognize that that also is playing into the whole dynamic in the house. Absolutely. Absolutely, Delaney. That is exactly the key of it, right? They give in because they don't want the uncomfortable feeling and they do this little level of bargaining with themselves in their brains. Well, if I give in, maybe she'll be more pleasant. No, it doesn't really work that way. That's why I love the nurture heart approach because it allows you to have this absolute clarity without defensiveness about it. It, it allows the child to, to be angry or frustrated because you're not going to take it personally and you're going to accept this very reasonable and understanding that they don't like those guidelines and those rules. We're not always happy doing things like cleaning the house or whatnot. Oh, but we got to do them. We got to do them. It's part of life. We don't have to have it do it in a gleeful way and expect our children to go skipping out to mow the lawn. Anytime a child follows a rule that they don't like, but they do it anyway, we should be loud and excited about it. That they do it, we can flood them. Wow, that shows such great responsibility, such respect for the family, such commitment, such flexibility. All these qualities are being demonstrated by the simple act of, of doing a family chore or accepting a family boundary. I remember when Tammy explained something to me called creative recognition. When, for example, a teen slams their bedroom door because they're upset about a rule. So a parent might say, you know, yes, you slammed the door. You could have kept slamming the doors. You could have been kicking, but you eventually stopped. It really shows your ability to have emotional agility your determination to be able to get to calm and finally your respect because you came out and you worked with us. You came and sat down for dinner. So here you have this person who slammed the door and as a parent, you're just can be so angry about their response. And yet you'll be amazed how much you get when you start to really put your eyes on the yes. There's something positive happening. How do I see it and how do I name it? Let's return to the mom who sent the email. What are her options now? Question she asked about, you know, well, now I have let it in the room. And, you know, that's just once you let that wiggle root, you know, happen, it's really hard to back up. Right. 
um, from that. So you want to make sure that you're that you're not bending on anything that you're just not going to bend on. That that mm-hmm. I loved how you said like that you then resent your resent your child. Mm-hmm. ultimately just still angry at yourself that you gave in on something. So I think you have to be clear about what you are willing to compromise and what you're not willing to compromise on, right? But Tammy, it's hard to always have that clarity. And I always want parents to feel like they can backstep because a lot of times they haven't thought about this issue, for example, devices in the bedroom. And then I say to them, you might have a, a 16, a 17, and you might say, you know what? I didn't realize the brain science. I didn't realize the science about how distracting they are at night. I'm, I I want us to try to backtrack. And I know that's hard. That mm-hmm. fine line of wanting to parent with integrity and to recognize we're going to make mistakes. We're going to do things that we later regret. And we want to model that too. We want them to know that we're not just going to stick with the decision, even if it's not working. Absolutely. Now, I talk about that a lot in terms of parenting with integrity. For me, sleep is just supreme. And therefore, having devices out of the bedroom has been absolute clarity. I get to look back and say, hey, you know, starting when you're out of the house, you can sleep with screens like all over your bodies. They can be on the (laughs) ceilings. They can be on every wall. But I know that I did for your brain health, for your emotional health, the best that I could with this simple and tricky at times to enforce, of course. It was challenges and whatnot. The great thing was Chase, um, unfortunately because of COVID, came back from college recently and he was just using his phone in the room. I hadn't even noticed, you know, he's a bit older now. And then he mm-hmm. called, he said, mom, we don't have an extra alarm clock. I need to order one because he could <laughs> not bear having his phone in the room at night. That's a fabulous story. I love that. I asked Tammy about parents' concerns that if you start pointing out positive behaviors, teens will just start to roll their eyes. No, I think what's really, especially teens, what's really valuable is really calling out how hard it is, what they're doing. You know, pushing through their work, yeah, and and, you know, managing the boundaries, showing up at virtual class where maybe there's no consequence if they don't show up and really just shout out how hard it is what they're doing right now and they're doing it anyway. I love that. I love that because, you know, as of course in Screenager's next chapter, you know, the key, one of the key themes that I needed to learn as a parent was validation, particularly when we're talking about tweens and teens, like to do that piece of it. So you're not saying, okay, you've come to the table and that just shows respect. You really have to insert that middle part, which is, and that is not easy. You're probably mm-hmm. playing, you might be playing a game with your friends. You know, I don't know, but I do know how much you love that game and it's not easy to stop and you did it anyway. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And they're still going to roll their eyes, mm-hmm. but they're still, it's still going to download. My teens have rolled their eyes now and then, and often they'll just say, oh mom, there's the nurtured heart. But they also will spontaneously tell me things I've pointed out where they like remember and will tell me that they're glad that I told them that. I've taken the time to really continually point out to them that I know it's not easy to put screens away. And that's for sure. They're being pulled for so many different reasons for wanting to be on screens. So I've gotten better at validating that. What I love about Tammy's books is that they give examples of specific qualities to be recognizing and calling out on our kids, because sometimes the language feels a little strange. 
but she has lots of words like how their actions demonstrated their loyalty, their ingenuity, their ability to fairly negotiate, their persistence, and many more specifics. You know, naming what our kids are doing well, it just helps to build resiliency in them. They become that much more aware of their abilities. I asked Tammy about resources she recommends. Howard Glasser has a website called Children's Success Foundation to give you some exposure to the Nurtured Heart Approach. My book, Fearless Parenting, it's actually got in it a six-week parent group that you can run without any professional because the cool thing is you are a professional parent. You're a professional parent. But we do so much better when we don't have to do it in isolation. Thank you so much for listening. Remember that at ScreenagersMovie.com, We have show notes and you can find out how to watch the Screenagers movies alone or with your kids and family. We also have the Tech Talk Tuesday, my weekly blog, and you can subscribe to the Screenagers podcast and please rate and review it. It really helps people to find the podcast. And we'd love to hear what ideas you have for future episodes. Email me at delaney at screenagersmovie.com. A big thank you to our guest, Tammy fisher Husson, And thank you to my team, my co-producer, Lisa Tab, and our sound engineer, Chris Mann. I'm your host, Delaney Rustin, also the producer and editor of the Screenagers podcast. And I really look forward to our time together on the next episode.